What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is March4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all my stuff is in the podcast description. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition of the March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. First of all, I just want to say Happy New Year to everybody listening to this. 2023 sounds a little spacey. But here we are, and I hope that regardless of whatever type of year you had in 2022, man, that you are feeling as rejuvenated and excited as I am for 2023. All those cliches about New Year's resolutions and wiping the slate clean, it's all true, man. You get an opportunity to get a fresh start, and I just have this mantra in my head just that's been repeating these last couple of days of you have nothing to lose you have nothing to lose you have nothing to lose so that's kind of something that's just I don't know that's just in in me spiritually I think going into this year man is to just take chances continue to connect with people through this show 2022 was the biggest year for the March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast in terms of listeners in terms of people downloading the show from different countries around the world and in terms of me making you know, connections and, and friends and, you know, people in, in different parts of, of the country and, uh, who, who come from all walks of life, from, from different ends of the musical spectrum, different life experiences. I've really been able to connect with some really cool people, and I'm very fortunate for everybody who's taken the time to come on the show, who has taken the time to download the show, who takes the time to like and subscribe and share and tell their friends and tell a friend to tell a friend. Like, all of it is just positive vibes all the way around, man. I feel really fortunate to have this platform to be able to put people on to new music, new businesses, and just people who have who have been through some stuff, man, but come out the other side in a positive way. I mean, that's what life is all about to me. That's what the show is all about in terms of perseverance and moving forward. That's where the name comes from if you're new to the show and this is your first time listening. That's what March 4th is all about. It's about persevering and moving forward. And 2022 was really a great year for the podcast. And um, I think it's because I come from a genuine place and there's a mutual respect between me and the people who come on the show. They're they're thankful for me being able to feature them and having a platform to be able to do that. And I'm super thankful that they take the time to talk to me, man, and, and to come on the show as a dude who loves music, who used to cover music and used to you know, work in journalism. I've had the opportunity to to talk to people from from all walks of life, man, and and my whole thing has always been everybody has a story, and if I get to be the middleman that gets to to be the bridge between somebody's story and sharing it with the world, that's a really beautiful thing, man. And so this podcast is something that I take seriously, but it it really is is just it's it's a it's a passion project, man. It's something I do out of love outside of my day job, and um, I'm just really grateful, man. Like I said, so 2022, I'm really looking to build on that and just. You know, like I said, man, you got nothing to lose. That mantra is repeating in my head, so I just wanted to to pass it on to you all in 2023. So whatever goals you have, write them down, hold yourself accountable to them, and just have fun, man. You know, life is short. Life is real short. Have fun. Chase your dreams. You know what I mean? And uh, whatever it is, man, um, you want to start a bakery, you want to start a band, you want to, you know, pick back up 
you know, the paintbrushes or, or the pens and pencils that you put down because you used to, you know, paint or draw, like all those things are really important, you know, scratching that creative itch. I know for me, I have, I have a need to do this show. You know, it's, it's something that I love to do, but I have a need to do it. If I just, if I just went to work and, you know, came home, man, like I, I just, you know, all work, no play makes you a dull person. You know what I mean? So for me, this was something that when I got back into it a couple of years ago, I really wanted to take it seriously from the standpoint of, being consistent, giving people consistent content and being, being, uh, you know, somebody gives you good content, you know, um, cause I'm, I'm a one man, man band over here, man. I say that three times fast, one man, 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 but I really am. I'm a one man band as far as putting these episodes together, editing them, doing the research for, for the interviews, um, connecting with the guest, putting the clips together, putting it all out there on social media when it comes out, all that stuff. But I love it, man. I really love it. And so I, I genuinely want to say thank you to everybody who takes the time to listen and connect with the show, to everybody who's come on the show, and uh, to everybody listening right now, man. I truly appreciate it. So again, Happy New Year. This week's episode, I'm super jazzed for. I, I couldn't think of a better way to start off 2023. It's it's a unique episode. It's it's the first time I've done something like this in terms of you know having a conversation about a documentary. And it's features at least one of the guests who who's been on the show multiple times. So this week's episode is about a documentary for two independent bands on the road. And these three guys on the podcast that you're about to hear are Chris Sia, who's the drummer in Split Image, Joey Marsh, who plays guitar in Psycho Manus, and Dylan Baumgartner of Realverse Productions and the band Slingshot. Dylan has obviously been on the show multiple times. Well, I shouldn't say obviously because this could be your first time listening, but Dylan and I connected almost a year ago, man. Um, we did it. We did a podcast where we talked about his band Slingshot and Realverse Productions and his short film that he did. And then uh, he got me in touch with Keith Allen, who he produced his EP, and then Dylan came back on a couple months ago and did a horror appreciation podcast with Steven Aripes, um, and that was a lot of fun. And Dylan actually reached out to me a few months back before the end of 2022 and was like, hey, man, I had the opportunity to direct and put together this tour documentary about these two metal bands, um, or I should say heavy music bands. Um, if you love metal, if you love hardcore, you will love Psycho Manus and Split Image. But he's like, I had the opportunity to go out on the road with these guys and do this documentary about what it's like being independent bands out on the road. And I think it'd be really cool to, to talk about it on the podcast. And I was like, hell yeah, man, let's do it. So you, we, we tried to get as many people as possible and it ended up being Dylan, Chris, uh, Joey and myself. But we had a great conversation, man, just what it's like in terms of being out on the road and what it's like to you know be DIY, to load in, load up all your stuff play for some people, um, where you're sleeping on the road. I mean, the, the documentary is, is a great bird's eye view for what it's like for independent bands out there to be on the road and share their music with people. And it was really cool, man. I watched it a couple of times actually before I did the, uh, the conversation, the Zoom podcast with these guys, because I really just wanted to first watch it as a fan and then watch it and, and you know, kind of notate things that I wanted to talk about in the, uh, in the podcast with these dudes. But uh, but yeah, man, uh, these guys are both based out on the West Coast as far as Split Image and Psycho Manus are concerned. And again, if you love heavy music, you love headbanging, you love hardcore, you love metal, uh, you love thrash, you will you will love these bands. Um, but yeah, Dylan directed it. The name of the documentary is Psycho Image 2022 Tour Documentary. 
obviously that's the combination of both the band's names. They put out a split right around the time they went on tour. And so it, it was just a great conversation about what that experience was like. And with the theme of the show being perseverance and moving forward, to me, it really fit the bill for what this podcast is all about in, in terms of going out on the road and, and doing your thing and the cool experiences that you have, the camaraderie that you have, the highs and lows of it, because obviously it costs money, especially when you're an independent band and you don't have a record company backing you, you know, when, when you got on the road and pool the money together stuff everybody into a couple of cars. It was really cool, man. It was really well done. Um, and Dylan, if you guys aren't aware with Dylan and Realverse Productions, man, I mean, he, from from film, movies, production, music, I mean, he, he's got his hands in a lot of stuff. So I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, it's a little unique and how I'm going to set this one up because normally I put the song from the artist, if it's a mu- musical guest, at the end of the podcast, but because we have multiple bands on the show and talking to Chris and Joey and Dylan, I'm like, dudes, I, I, I want to put multiple songs on here. I don't want to just feature one band. Like, that's not cool. So the way I'm going to do this, y'all, is before we get into the actual conversation, I'm going to give you guys two songs before we get into it. The first song is actually from a band called Corpus. And even though they're not part of this podcast conversation, they are actually part of the Psycho Image Tour documentary. And they're actually in the beginning of it. And in talking with the dudes, they're like, yeah, put a, put a song from Corpus on there. So off of their debut album, Death Sequence, here is the song, Pray for the Masses from Corpus. <laughs>
shout out to the dudes in Corpus once again. That was the song Pray for the Masses off of their debut album Death Sequence, which just came out in 2022. Make sure you go follow those guys on Instagram at corpus.band, and that is spelled C-O-R-P-U-S. This next song is from Chris's band Split Image. This is their single Night Hag. Split Image, once again, that was their single, Night Hag, available where you get your music. Make sure you go follow them on Instagram at Split Image CA. And now we're going to get into the conversation with Chris Sia, drummer of Split Image, Joey Marsh, guitarist for Psycho Mantis, and Dylan Baumgartner of Realverse Productions and the band Slingshot. Here it is. <laughs> Dylan, Joey, Chris, thank you so much again for taking the time to do the podcast. It was awesome to watch the documentary about the tour that you guys did, the Psycho Image Tour, just a couple months ago. That Dylan, 
produced and filmed and, and put together. So thank you so much, you guys. Thank you for thank having you. us. Man. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I, I just want to start as as a fellow headbanger here, and, and you guys are obviously into heavy music as well. And Dylan kind of knows, even though I, I try not to do the, the same conversation every time I do it. But one place I, I usually like to start with musicians is just what what was the bug that bit you as far as heavy music that got you going down the rabbit hole was it was huh. it a family member was it a friend was it a song was it a band was it a music video back in the day like because there's always that first moment or that person that get that just opens that pandora's box for you and and, and for me it was my, my my big brother brandon was a huge metallica fan so initially I wanted to be like him. He was six years older. And then I found that that music just spoke to me the most. And I started to go further and further down the rabbit hole. And I love all kinds of stuff. I mean, I love Prince. I love Metallica. I love Corn. I love Alter Bridge. Like, oh, fuck yeah. Love hardcore, hate breed. You know what I mean? But uh, so I'm all over the place now. But but Metallica was my gateway band. Who who was y'all's gateway into, into heavy music? Uh, wants to go George. first. <laughs> uh, I, I, okay, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I think, uh, well, because uh, I remember like growing up, uh, my mom had uh, like she was like a big corn fan. Uh, so like as like a little kid, like I was listening to like corn's first album, and uh, so like heavy music has always kind of been around. But I guess like on my own, um, let's see. Probably Metallica, because I, I saw like a tour documentary that they did. I can't remember the name of it, um, but uh, I watched that on like a road trip to Utah with like a ch church group one time. And uh, nice, the church group was rocking it. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Rocky for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th I think that uh, I think just like uh, growing up and always kind of being around like heavier music and then uh as you like as i became like a teenager like venturing out uh on my own and uh finding stuff that that i like that was like uh relevant at the time so like like when i was in high school i was listening to like a lot of like post-hardcore stuff of like a day to remember devil wears prada august burns red uh like all those <laughs> like you know, early 2000s like warp tour uh bands and stuff um yeah yeah and they're and those guys are all still really i mean hitting it hard too i mean they're all still doing oh, yeah. tours and stuff i mean it's you know it's, it's really been cool especially like august burns red to see their rise over the last decade too and, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it's, I, it's really it's really interesting seeing the progression of all these bands uh, like especially data remember they started out super super pop punk post hardcore mm -hmm. sound up, up until now they have a more poppy yet they incorporate hardcore and me. I don't know. It just, I just love it. Like things like, like the song mind reader, such a good song. Mm -hmm. And then of course you guys can never forget, never forget the first album, well, at least their debut album homesick. Oh yeah. 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 That was a classic that came out in like 2009. And I, I think I just listened to it like nonstop on repeat. Uh, yeah. So Chris, oh, yeah. what about, uh, what about you, man? Uh, so when it came to the music, so of course, basically, I suppose, like a lot of people, I listened to many genres. However, when it came to punk and metal, those are the first genres I really got into because uh, it's a long time ago. 
probably early 2000s when I was uh, maybe five years old or six or something like that, I would always be driving uh, with my dad and my brother in his car. And then he'd have these mixed CDs full of punk and metal bands. So things such as Black Flag, DRI, Body Count, Circle Jerks, all the classics, right? And in and an even more intense metal like Cannibal Corpse. My first CD was a Cannibal Corpse CD, Live Cannibalism, and I picked that up because I just went to the record store with my dad and my brother Joey, who's who also plays in Split Image. Uh, <laughs> so I remember looking down the aisle. It's like I picked up this uh, Cannibal Corpse record, and I just thought it looked cool. So I looked to my dad, just like, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> then that was actually my first album which is pretty crazy i picked that out because it looked completely different than anything else uh but yeah i i got into puck and metal because he played a lot of mix mix cds and these records whenever we're driving or at home then later down the line when i got when i got older i started to realize and discover what these bands names were then then created that uh that uh that rabbit hole of music <laughs> and going deeper down into bands like discharge or even more uh more obscure sounding bands like disclose this guy it's a d beat joke anyways uh <laughs> they yeah yeah it wasn't it's pretty cool man <laughs> it was pretty cool as it in terms of playing music though same thing through my dad he played he was a vocalist for a band called local harassment in san diego uh, in the late 80s he saw he sang for that band and then later down the line he started playing drums so this is around the same time i started discovering his music he had a drum set and i learned on it a lot of things were self-taught however he taught me the basics of drumming and that's how I got into that. And then, of course, that was a gateway to different instruments, just like how music, like punk and metal, was a gateway to just any type of genre of music. Didn't really matter what it was, whether it be R&B, uh, fucking EDM, anything, even country, man. I listen to country. I <laughs> get like anything. You can name it. Now, you're probably going to like it. But, but yeah, that's, I suppose, a simple short story of that. That's cool, man. So your dad, your dad was the one who opened the door. That's cool. Yeah, he did that with me and uh, and my brother. Yeah, I think. I, I, I think. Uh, oh my! <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> Joey, Joey, what about you, man? I was watching you shred in the in the dock. So I. Uh. I'm curious what 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 was the bug that bit you for metal and then eventually playing the guitar man so pretty much my musical journey <laughs> started when i was like i don't know a little kid like five or six and i heard iron maiden for the first time and like my mom she was a big like 80s hair metal chick like she liked like she like loved motley Crue and uh, like van halen and all that shit and um she also like she dated a guy that was more into thrash which was my brother's dad so he was into like metallica and slayer and all the classics and 
So when I was growing up, my mom was into that stuff. And then my brother being their kid was into both of those things. But then also like he was born in 86 and he was nine, he was nine years older than me. So he was also into stuff like nine inch nails and tool and like a lot of nineties metal and darker music from the nineties. So I grew up as a kid, like listening to a lot of like Metallica, Iron Maiden, typo negative nine inch nails tool stuff like that just an amalgam of like 80s metal and 90s metal and um but i remember like as a kid like the first song i ever learned all the lyrics to was number of the beast by iron maiden and like they were like my favorite band i had an iron maiden shirt for like every day of the week and i would sit there in school and i would just draw the guy on all the iron maiden covers and shit and then uh after that it was definitely like ride the lightning was a big deal by Metallica, it's still my favorite Metallica record. Um, Escape but it wasn't until yeah. like I got into like Slayer and Megadeth that I started thinking about playing guitar and like writing my own music and stuff. Um, which was like middle school by then. I was like, I don't know, how old are you in middle school? Like 11 or 12? Yeah, 13 yeah. around there. And I, from there, I was just like, man, like, I like how much heavier this is. And I just started getting into even heavier stuff. And by, like, by senior year of high school, I was listening to, like, Morbid Angel, Cannibal Corpse, uh, Behemoth, like, just death metal and black metal. And then it was really when I started listening to black metal that I was like, I could fucking play guitar. This shit's not that hard. Like, this stuff is kind of easy. Um, come to find out that a lot of them, a lot of those bands are not, it's not easy to play. It just sounds easy. <laughs> but um i remember i was at a party at my brother's house um and some dude showed up with a guitar that he quote unquote found and he was looking for somebody to give it to and he gave me a guitar and so from like freshman year i started playing guitar and i never really stopped um but i was like i started off like playing a lot of like in high school i hung out with a lot of punk kids Cause there was no metal, there was no metal heads in my high school. It was just punk kids. So we were going to like punk shows, like on the weekends and stuff. Like, uh, and that's actually how I met Christian is we would go to this place called the vault in Temecula and we would go see punk shows. And yeah, so that's how I met Christian. Um, but that's also around the same time that I started playing guitar. So, and I sucked at first. So I just would play punk stuff. And then eventually I gravitated towards like Slayer and the stuff I like, like my guitar journey kind of like parallels my musical journey where like started with easy shit, got into Metallica, Iron Maiden, Slayer. And now I'm at trying to emulate stuff like Morbid Angel and Cannibal Corpse and all those guys. Um, but yeah, but my musical, like it's like Iron Maiden got me into music and then Megadeth got me into like making music. So, yeah, if that makes any sense. It does. It does. <laughs> No, it's cool because um, it's cool that you guys are into stuff from from eras that that predated you guys too. Even you know what I mean? Like it's it's cool. Like you know, Iron Maiden. So you were born in '95, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, for for those guys to be obviously, you know, being as I mean, they're still huge to this day. Obviously, they still sell out arenas all over the place. But everything yeah. we were doing in the '80s, you know what I mean, predating you, and then getting into all that, getting into Metallica, well, you know, and and I I didn't want to cut you off while you were talking, but Escape is one of my is probably my favorite Metallica deep cut off of Ride the Light. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't, and I don't think uh, they hardly ever play. That's it like live. the one they hate. 
Yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I don't think James and, and Kirk like the, the, the riffs in that, but I, Escape is one of my favorite uh, Metallica deep cuts, if not my favorite Metallica deep cut. But, but no, it's no, yeah, it's it's funny because these guys were talking about like Day to Remember and like Devil Wears Prada and stuff. And like when I was in high school, when all those bands were like getting popular and stuff, I was I was like, this is kind of weak. <laughs> like, I didn't really like it. I didn't get into like I was still <laughs> listening to like old stuff. I didn't start getting into like new quote unquote newer music until like outside of high school. And like, once I started like really trying to, I didn't start to appreciate other stuff. Like, uh, like I got really into like Dillinger escape plan and like Mastodon and lamb of God and stuff like that. Once I started getting better at guitar, like I didn't really appreciate them until I started trying to learn that stuff. And then I was like, Oh, okay. I've been missing out the whole time. <laughs> so yeah. So when you guys were going to punk shows, I mean, who were who were some of the some of the like what were some of those seminal moments for you? Because I gotta imagine that's pretty pretty formative in those formative years for you guys to go to those shows and be like, oh my god, I would love to, oh man, love to play live in front. Like, who are some of the bands that you guys were seeing? It was the Vault, you said it was. Yeah, there's yeah, there's exactly. a ton a ton of bands, man. I mean, yeah, it was like every weekend. So okay, so bands like. What DI Agent Orange, yeah. Total Chaos, uh, Angry Samoans, Angry Samoans. Uh, didn't, didn't the Addicts play there? The Addicts did play yeah. there. Yeah, they that, played. That yeah. was a that was such that man. That was a fireman code. Like they were breaking that code because that <laughs> yeah, place was, was so packed. <laughs> I couldn't you move at all. I like was sardines. I was like, what the hell am I doing here? Like I'm just trying to use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think Dr. No played there. That was like one of the best shows. Doc, Dr. No, that show was one of the, yeah, that was my favorite show I ever played. I remember, I remember it was, uh, it was my old band DVT. It was Lysis, you know, James Papson's band. Then the Coltrane's Expulsion. Yeah, fuck, yeah. And then Dr. No, I remember that. That, sh- yeah. that show was lit as fuck. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Damn, there's so many other bands that played there. I mean, like even aside from punk punk bands and and metal bands, like even hardcore yeah. bands like Carnifex and Throwdown played. They played there. Metal uh, Decapitation played there. Oh, they did. Yeah. What if? Where was that. I? Like, it was in. Huh. I think it was in. Uh, it was one on their Harvest Floor tour, so it was like 2011 ish. Oh. Yeah. It's a sad day. Sad day for Chris. Yeah, I missed that one too. <laughs> I, I didn't get that to, to see that one. Seeing them this Friday though. <laughs> oh, 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 really? <laughs> oh, yeah. And where yeah. And where is the vault, you guys? Is it is in San Diego? In uh, Temecula. Temecula. Yeah. Well, it was in in Temecula. Yeah, it closed down. Yeah, that yeah. that was the hot spot. The hot spot for for a minute. When did? Yeah, when did that was like the only venue around. Yeah. Did it go away during COVID or was it was it before that? Oh, uh, it was way, way before, before that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was think... like a music store that would have shows on the weekends. Yeah. And it just closed down like every other music store. Well, I, I think they originally like relocated to like Corona. And then uh, eventually the guy that runs it, Ivan, I think was his name. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know what happened, but yeah, he, he just shut it down. Um yeah, that that place was yeah the only like music venue uh, in in the area aside from playing like 
at the Mulligan's Family Fun Center. In Hemet, <laughs> oh, yeah. we had we had the Wheelhouse, and they would do some big shows at the Wheelhouse. Oh yeah, the Wheelhouse um, was lit too. But it was just it was just the same kids like going to both shows. Like whether it was the Vault or the Wheelhouse, it was the same crowd. It, it That's was how we all got to meet each other and stuff. Yeah, because like uh, I always saw Temecula, Marietta, Hemet, and San Jacinto just being the same city in a sense. Mm-hmm. Pretty because, much, yeah. Yeah, because like you just said, everyone knows each other, and we went to the same shows, and it's still like that to this day, except there aren't venues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a bunch of kids that I don't recognize at all. <laughs> it seems a lot bigger now, and I recognize a lot less people. How does it feel to be the older individual now, being that guy like this in the back? <laughs> <You're> alumni. <laughs> now I just know what they were thinking the whole time, like, who the fuck are these people? Yeah, like now we're in their sh- we're now we're in those people's shoes back then. Watch yeah. out, 2013 alumni. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, Mike, uh, something I, I forgot to mention earlier um, when you're talking about like introductions to like heavier music and stuff, I totally forgot to mention um, that uh, I uh, I met Chris in middle school in middle school band, and Chris I actually was telling him this like a couple weeks ago. Um, Chris is like the first uh, punk kid that uh, I'd ever met, like that, like had patches and like, you know, uh, all that stuff. And um, yeah, he introduced me to, uh, you know, tons of different music. And and then I started selling merch for his band DVT every now and then. And then uh, uh, I I don't remember how many shows I I sold merch for you guys, uh, but every show was like just learning more about just the the whole like DIY punk culture and uh, you know uh, in, in like my local area and stuff. So uh, I do have to give Chris a big credit on like opening my eyes to, you know, that, that whole scene and stuff in, in our area. Thank you, man. (laughs) Cause that was, that was what I I was going to ask you, um, you know, after, after those guys had brought up the vault and going to punk shows and stuff was, was how you how you met and knew Chris and Joey if you if you also knew them from back in the day, so I'm, yeah, glad, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I've, I've known Chris since yeah middle school. Um, yeah, and, sixth uh, sixth grade, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was in the trumpet section and he was in the percussion section, and I I wished I was in the percussion section. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the instructor picked on you so much, man. It was yeah, just like, yeah, Mister <laughs> Newton. Mr. Yeah. fucking Newton, man. <laughs> still there? Do you, do you guys know if he's still there? No, no I, I he retired like a couple years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why would he um, pick? Why would he pick on you, man? Oh, I mean, he he picked on everyone, honestly. Like, oh, okay. He, he okay. just he just wanted people to be good at their instrument, and I guess maybe not waste his time. <laughs> it seemed uh, like it was kind of like a like a a tough tough love type of teaching this director had yeah because like he he, like i remember one time he like scolded me in front of everyone in front of like the whole band and he's like done that to multiple kids um not in like a scarring way or anything just like it made me go home and think okay well i need to actually practice my instrument um and uh and that's exactly what i did and we had like a whole like chair system so i moved up a couple chairs and i remember he sent my mom an email you know saying like he's so proud of the progress and stuff oh um, that's good yeah yeah so like, all yeah. bad 
yeah, t- like like Chris said, kind of like a tough tough love kind of thing. Um, yeah, that that was how I met Chris was uh, through middle school band, and then I met Joey uh, like maybe a few weeks before the uh, the tour. Um, or no, actually no, oh, a couple months before because I did the magazine interview. Uh, yeah. With, yeah with both bands um so that was my first time meeting joey and that was cool because uh i remember i interviewed you guys in in your van and uh i think i don't know within like the first like five minutes i had like my arm wrapped around joey um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're kissing each other it's yeah, a, yeah. It a kodak moment yeah exactly. <laughs> no yeah it was pretty like we pretty much became friends like right away yeah yeah, and then on, on the tour, like we were like you know, joking around a lot and talking and stuff, and um, yeah, yeah, got to share a room with Joey at one point. That was fun. Sure was. Oh yeah. Wait this this is <laughs> this is random as hell, Dylan. I didn't know that you had a a crate head. It, I didn't know you had a crate amp. Is that is that that is yeah. that's they don't make that anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Got that on uh, offer up for a hundred bucks, and there's a big like, uh, like, bass cabinet speaker that comes with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> huh. I used to run a crate when we first started, dude. They kept, they kept. I, I ran two, and both of them broke on me. Oh. <laughs> uh, sure, sure this one's gonna like crap out on me soon, because uh, one. Yeah, they're not. They're not good amps. That's yeah. why they're not around. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Ours still works well, but knock that wood. <laughs> well, in the, tour, in the tour doc, didn't you guys get uh, you got you got a, an amp from Orange, right? When when you had like an equipment issue, and you had to go get you had to go get yeah. an Orange amplification. Yeah, it's supposed to be pretty good. I know. I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, there's a bunch of people who play with them, but I'm pretty sure Jim Root from uh, Slipknot uses Orange amp. Yeah, he uses Orange. Oh, yeah. uh, Kirk Weinstein from uh, Crowbar um matt pike from high on fire and sleep a lot of like uh, a lot of like sludge and like doom metal bands use orange um but yeah we we basically went and got that combo amp because joey and i both use the head version of that combo amp so we already knew how it works we already knew that it would work for what we're doing and everything so it was kind of uh it was kind of a it was kind of a miracle that they had that combo amp at that store and we were just like yeah let's just get that that's pretty good and it it worked it worked it worked the whole tour never had a problem with it did did you guys end up uh returning that uh, yeah. i'm pretty sure pretty sure armand did yeah okay and then uh and and then my brother's amp the the boss katana that that was in in repair and i think i think my brother just got it back a couple oh, of really? weeks yeah, a couple of weeks back. Nice. Yeah, did he you have to pay for it? No, no, he didn't. It was under warranty. Good, good. good. Dude, um, that was so unfortunate, though, man. Like, man, the grounding, yeah. the grounding. I, I think because of the 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 uh, the the surge protector. I think it was a surge protector itself that was just shit. Because if it was a good one, then it probably wouldn't have shorted. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh uh, man, it all worked out. It, was fun. <laughs> it did. It did yeah. work out well. So as far as the the hatching of this tour, I mean, and you guys talk about it in the beginning of the documentary, but um, 
obviously we've, we've had COVID and then even in 2021, there was a lot of stops and starts, you know what I mean? Because we had different variants that were coming. So it's like bands would announce tours, maybe you'd play one or two shows or they wouldn't get a chance to play at all because a new variant would come out, you know, and, and even now, like we've got RSV, we've got flu, we've got COVID, uh, you know, it, Pretty, I, I honestly, you guys, I wouldn't be surprised if I looked out the window right now. And there's a T Rex running down the street with everything. <laughs> there's a UFO chasing it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then one of the one of the trolls from like Lord of the Rings is coming out of the ditch. You know what I mean? That'd be <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think there's two schools of thought, right? There's some people go, gosh, touring costs a lot of money, especially if you're independent, like, like you guys and doing it DIY. But then there's another school of thought where it's like, yeah, but getting out on the road, playing your songs that you love and the music that you love in front of people, there's nothing like that experience, that live experience. And I, I really think that shows in this documentary. And I think Dylan did a great job of capturing what that independent spirit is really like, you know what I mean? I think, I think this documentary truly is like a good time capsule for what it's like to be an independent band, book the shows, you know, meet people in, in other, in other towns. I mean, cause you guys went from California to the Pacific Northwest. And then I think you finished in Arizona, right. In Phoenix. So oh, yeah. just talk to me about that decision to ultimately decide like, okay, um, look at me using decision and decide in the same in the same sentence, somebody's got to get more sleep, you guys. But um, but that decision to ultimately go, okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do we're gonna do a run of shows, and we're gonna hit different states because that's that's a pretty big undertaking as as bands that are you know doing it all yourselves. Yeah, I. Uh, so when it came to Split Image and wanting to tour, we wanted to tour in twenty twenty. We had we had things we had a route set up and different venues and whatnot to hit up but then boom covid came so then that put plans to a halt so all we did there in the meantime was uh was just well out of the whole plan was to release an album and then go on tour to to promote that album so all we did was work on that album it took a long time but even it took even though it took a long time to to work on that album COVID was still a thing, so we still couldn't go on tour. So after a bit of time had passed, it's it's as if it's as if uh, I suppose in the lack of better words of mine is that our morale just went down and just thought, okay, well we're just gonna keep doing what we're gonna do. I mean, not really think about tour. So then when it came time to play uh, to play a show with Psychomanis, uh, just like what my brother said in the documentary is that when when Psycho Joey <laughs> uh, came up to us and asked if we want to go on tour with them, we were automatically, we automatically said yes, because we had planned this, but it fell through so many times. So, so Joey coming up to us, uh, asking to tour with us was a huge incentive for us to actually get up our asses and go, go on the road. And, it was great. It was great how it all fell into place because we got to tour with great people, especially ones that we've known for such a long time. Like we already, we already knew, we already know each other's companies. We know it's already going to be a good time. Yeah. <clears throat> we already hung out with each other at shows anyway. So 
Yeah. And you guys obviously have that bond going back, you know, years, all three of you, you know what I mean? So like, you know, I mean, Dylan, you mentioned you, you met Joey not long before the tour doing, doing the interview for the magazine, but obviously you and Chris going back in the day, then Chris and Joey, you guys going to shows together. So yeah, it looked, the documentary definitely came off. Like it was like a, like a, a family of bands that, that were having fun out there on the road. Oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed and there was a couple there was a couple of venues that I, I wrote down that stuck out um we talked before the jump joey before we actually hit record about about franco at destructive productions and uh it was that was the show in fresno right yeah yeah i caught like the tail end of your guys's uh when you guys were talking about that yeah, yeah. Like, like that that venue i wanted to bring up because um chris and I've been calling you Chris this whole time too, dude. So if you if you prefer Christian, let me know. Normally, I <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I go by Chris. <laughs> oh, Chris. Okay, okay. Normally, I get that. Normally, I do that like before the jump too. But, um, but yeah, like you, Chris, in the documentary. Not to give too much away for people who haven't seen it, but at the same time, like just to talk about that experience. I mean, it seemed like to me that that venue and and how you describe that experience really highlighted like that independent spirit of like the independent music scene a guy who like has this space lets the bands play there there are people who are skating there he lets you guys crash there he offered you guys money i think for gas even and stuff like what what was that like to to be welcomed into into that environment and what was the connection as far as making that a stop on on the tour well making a stop on tour simply put it was just on a route <laughs> uh <laughs> It worked. It worked out really well, though, because uh, because the venue owner and the staff, uh, they're just they're just amazing people. They treated us well. Their hospitality was impeccable, and uh, yeah. So when it comes to, I suppose that that DIY type of touring and whatnot, I I think that uh, that the uh, destructive warehouse is a monument and a good example of that type of thing. Yeah, sure. It was uncomfortable to sleep on a concrete floor and he's bad. <laughs> I see that look, Joey, you had a, you had a blow up mattress and shit. Yeah, I, slept, <laughs> I slept real well that night. <laughs> I now thinking about it, of course, months later after tour, I just think, damn, I should have just, I should have taken the spot in the car. Cause no one wanted to sleep in the car. Damn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that didn't even cross my mind. It didn't cross an option. Yeah, I, exactly. So I was like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> like, yeah, none of us slept in the van either. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so playing in Fresno and staying the night there, the, the crowd, uh, just everyone there, made me feel like I was at home. But I didn't. I, it was it was such an odd experience because yes, we were still in California, but I legitimately forgot that we were we weren't in Marietta or or Hemet. Yeah, it felt like a house show, like where we're from. Yeah, it's like the same exact vibe. Totally forgot only, where I was geographically. Only there's a fucking Bones Brigade member hanging out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and skaters. Well, actually, uh, that's a normal thing, but... <laughs> yeah, skating's all all around. <laughs> <laughs> but but an I'm event, just... event, an event is more what I was uh, what I meant to say. Yeah, I liked that place a lot. It was cool. So Dylan, in turn, I thought I thought throughout this whole this whole tour doc too, you did a great job 
of capturing the vibe of each of the of each of the spots you know and that that one in particular logistically in terms of of you guys all deciding to to make this a tour doc right and and dylan for you to come out follow the bands you know like talk to me a little bit about just how that was all hatched in addition to the tour itself being hatched between the two bands um what what was it like in terms of actually putting this together setting up cameras equipment i mean because i gotta imagine there's what i how many how many vehicles are we talking in in terms of show to show you know between because i think just uh two oh so you guys did it all in two in two vehicles huh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I'm, i mostly rode with uh split image uh in the back of like the suv that they rented with like squished next to like all the you know sleeping bags and luggage and equipment and stuff um but uh every now and then i would ride with um uh psychomantis um and yeah i would just kind of like alternate so so when when the tour was getting started and you mentioned um doing the interview with joey for real verse mm-hmm. is that when the ball got kind of rolling were you going like oh that would be really cool th- to do a doc uh i mean Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I think that was before the um, the interview because I remember when you told me about the tour, or maybe when I saw it on Instagram when you guys first announced it. Um, I was having a phone call with you about something else, and then uh, I think I just randomly asked you, like, "Oh, can I join you guys and make a tour documentary and stuff?" Yeah, that that's. Yeah, that's basically what had what had happened, but I don't remember. I'm not sure if I had mentioned that we were going that we were planning a tour before we even announced it because I because I know we talked on the phone uh, several times as well before that. Yeah, but because because I know the the magazine interview that I did with you guys back in June or July. Um, the the whole point of that was to like promote your guys's tour and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'd imagine it was around the time that we were talking about doing the interview that I brought up the idea of joining you guys and if if you guys had enough seats and stuff I like think, that. I think that yeah, I think that was that was uh, that was the time cuz I also I didn't, remember I didn't hear about him coming until like a week or two before we were supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, he's coming along. That's cool. Right on." I didn't know he was coming for the whole thing like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, glad he did, yeah though. yeah because yeah. i um um i filmed uh something for um uh joey uh psychomantis played at uh armand's house right in marino valley yeah yeah and then yeah that was like two weeks before the tour yeah i think I that think was like we practiced our set at that show <laughs> <laughs> huh. yeah but i think i think it was at that show that i might have told told Joey or maybe it was just Armand or someone from Psychomantis like, oh yeah, I'm going to be joining you guys. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, <laughs> it turned out it turned out great, man. Um, and 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 what I really liked about it too was like a, a lot of the footage in between the stops. You know what I mean? As you guys were going up up the coast, as it were, I guess you know going going from California up to the Pacific Northwest. Um, I, Joey, I think you mentioned in the doc that the colony was at in Sacramento. You said that was one of your favorite shows that you guys. Did. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was probably other than Vegas. That was my favorite show. Yeah. 
it's just all the bands were really good that night like every band and uh i felt like we really both of our bands really fit in with those local bands from that area and uh and then i also said they had really nice bathrooms <laughs> yeah they're clean <laughs> yeah that that uh that that show at the colony i actually booked that show uh had to rent out the spot for for really for a really cheap amount i think it was like like 100 through 150 i think it was like 150 bucks just to rent just to rent the venue for a night right i forgot about that yeah then i then all the other bands that played i booked them on there so yeah, maybe that's why we all fit pretty well in the lineup yeah, <laughs> we should have done that with every day yeah, yeah. <laughs> or more dates um and then I also wrote down, uh, was it in Anderton? Was it Anderton, California, where you guys went to? Was it Demented Designs? Was the name of the, like the comic book shop that also had like all the other cool memorabilia and action figures and all that stuff? Yeah, uh, Anderson Demented Designs. Yeah, that pl- that place is so cool. Renee's such a yeah. sweetheart. Yeah, she was really nice. So Dylan, as you're filming all of this, man, I mean, obviously you have a ton of experience. Um, between film and live music, short films, you name it. But in terms of how you wanted to shoot this and, and doing it as a, as a tour documentary, I mean, were there any docs out there that were inspiring to you as you were doing this? Like, cause you, you have the different shots during the shows. So how many, how many cameras would you set up during that? I, I just had the one, I just had one, one camera and it was a lot <laughs> of like just run and gun kind of like uh, gorilla style yeah just gorilla style like i would like swap lenses uh in between songs um and uh <laughs> holy shnikes man watch yeah, this... it looked like it was at least like a two camera shoot so that's that's like blowing my mind right now yeah this oh, this oh. guy was a beast he was a yeah. beast yeah. man he we like everyone put in so much hard work anyone everyone that was involved in the tour but damn what Dylan did though. Cause at one moment yeah, he really... I'd be, I'd be headbanging. I'll look one way. He's, he's over here, but then I'll headbang for like two seconds. He's all the way on the other side of the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He really went above and beyond. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Um, but uh, to, um, to answer your question about the, the tour docs I watched before um, uh, <clears throat> one of like my all time favorite bands, uh, growing up was uh blink 182 and um in like i think the early 2000s they went on the pop disaster tour with green day um and they brought along with them this like small you know local uh, san diego band called cut you up and there's a, a tour documentary about cut you up on that tour called riding in bands with boys um and i think i actually sent it to chris uh to watch before the uh going on the tour um but i I based a lot of like the uh, like structure and like the kind of stuff that I was looking for is in terms of like what to shoot. And uh, when I started editing, like I would watch that documentary um, just to kind of refresh my brain on like um, how to segue (laughs) from one show to another or, um, you know, like there's parts in the documentary where like um, Chris, uh, Chris's band split image it'll be like a small like live music video kind of thing for for that show but then um the next bit is about 
them having to replace an amp and stuff like that. And then I'll intercut that with the live footage from Psychomantis. So um, ideas like that definitely came from watching Riding in Vans with Boys. Um, and then there's a, uh, an a Data Remember Warp Tour documentary that I watched like religiously when I was in high school um, that I can't, I haven't been able to find it in its entirety on the internet, but I was able to find clips and I would watch those. And uh, that also kind of uh, inspired me on how to edit and, and stuff uh, for, the, for the documentary. And while you were out on the road with these guys, man, were you, were you editing while you were out there? Were you just shooting and comp or compiling in, footage? In, in a way, um, like, uh, uh, I think, I think, I don't know if Chris remembers this, but um, there'd be a couple nights where, uh, because I made the grave mistake of only bringing one hard drive with me. Yeah. I, sh I should have brought multiple. Um so what would happen is like I had multiple memory cards for my camera, but I only had the one external hard drive uh, to store all the footage. Um, so I'd have to like clear space um, on uh, on my hard drive and stuff like night after night. And there's one night when we were staying in, I don't remember where we we're at, but I think I stayed up until like four in the morning, just like combing through the footage, like kind of editing deciding like okay do i need this clip do i not need this clip is it worth like uh throwing on the hard drive um so i was kind of making editorial decisions uh but nothing nothing crazy like uh and i i for sure didn't start like putting clips and stuff together until um until i came back home dude we'd be all we'd all be partying and stuff and we'd be like dylan come and hang out and you'd yeah. be like, no, I'm busy, man. I'm yeah, doing I'm in importing yeah. footage. Yeah. Yeah. I'll like, do that later. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think the specific night that you were referring to, Dylan, was I'm pretty sure that was when we were either I think we were staying in Centralia when you were doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause that yeah, yeah, that was that was it. I remember yeah. I remember you talking to me about that. Just like, fuck, I have to I have to stay up and comb through this footage because i don't have any room in my hard drive i'm like yeah. damn can't even yeah. sleep either and couldn't even sleep the third night bro <laughs> yeah yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, was that when uh when you guys were hanging with uh nick baum is that how you say his last name from contact oh yeah. Uh, yeah yeah that was a really cool part of the of the doc that i liked it, it i mean i've always wanted to get to the pacific northwest a couple of uh my really good friends in nashville are actually moving out there i'm gonna miss the hell out of them um shout out dominic and nicole but they're gonna be moving out there next year in the portland area but uh it oh, it, it looks beautiful that that centralia and uh was it chehalis washington where yeah. you guys had the show mm -hmm. i mean it, that looked like a really cool vibe actually one thing um i guess this is a question for joey and uh chris because i remember like throughout the whole tour we kept pronouncing it uh chehalis but then when we were at uh, McFiler's, um, everyone kept saying uh, Chehalis. I think, it, yeah, it is. It is Chehalis. Chehalis. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah I've, I've just been calling it Chehalis this, this whole time. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the good one to be too, man. We, we put Y's before our A's. So it's like back had, you know what I mean? Like I've, yeah. I've kind of like, I've kind of droned mine out a little bit over the years, but yeah. <laughs> hey, um, man, it, potato, potato. I mean, 
Tomato, right. tomato. <laughs> All the fine people in Chehalis, I I apologize for my my Midwest back nasally, you know, thinking it was Chehalis right off the bat. Um, and I'm sorry about my Southern California way of speak. Yeah, don't go, apologize. Go, they go, their go, weird. Go, go, Chehalis, bro. Yeah. <laughs> what is a Chehalis? What is it? I don't understand. Is this a made up word? Let's say. <laughs> I think uh, the, the French uh, uh, conquerors uh, came up with it. <laughs> no, the it, French conquerors. Yeah. No, well, uh, <laughs> well, according according to ca.chihalis.washington.us.com, in 1870 the name was changed to Chihalis, an Indian word meaning shifting and shining sands. Oh wow! Uh, I see any sand while we were out there. I did. Uh, yeah, the only thing you saw was pocket sand. <laughs> Bay, yeah, that's cool. I don't even know, I don't even know that. <laughs> what? And, oh, and, and also to be fair, um, that venue McFlyers, McFlyers, I thought was pronounced McFlyers the entire time too. Um, I thought it was McFlyers. No, no, it's McFlyers. Yeah, it's McFlyers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this shows how much I pay attention. <laughs> That's like some people say Chipotle, which it is Chipotle, and then some people say Chipotle. I remember when we got yeah. one in, in Toledo, where I'm from, um, and it wasn't even like an argument, but my buddy my buddy Matt was like, I was like, yeah, dude, have you checked out, uh, you want to go get Chipotle after, like, in between classes or whatever? And he's like, you mean Chipotle? And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Chipotle. He goes, I don't know, dude. I think it's Chipotle. I said, Okay. Like I'm not gonna argue, you know what I mean? And then and then we got there and he and he saw like T L E and then eventually he's like, Oh yeah, dude, it is it is Chipotle. I'm like, hey dude, you know, hey man, tomato tomato, like like you said, Chris, whatever floats your <laughs> call it the, I call it Chipotle. I call it Chipotle to too. That joke. Dang it. I was just about Ch- to say, uh like you walk in and then the lady making your food is like, Hi, welcome to Chipotle. Um, dang it they, they said it before I... so, hi, hi welcome to subway i mean chipotle <laughs> Look, that, was a, that was a brainwave like a brainwave moment but uh yeah but yeah i mean um i i really i genuinely dug it like i said i watched it i watched it twice because the first time i just wanted to watch it as just a fan of music as, a, as just a fan of documentaries in general um and then when i watched it again tonight you know prepping before I talk to you guys and thanks again, this has been really awesome talking to you dudes. That's when I was like, I wanted to notate some things that I thought were, were cool, you know? And like, I thought, because I mean, comics and horror and metal kind of all go together. So Joey, I thought it was like, it didn't, it didn't surprise me at all when you were talking about like Lord of the Rings and finding love <laughs> at, at demented designs and stuff. And uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Nerd. Like, no, but no I'm that, I'm that typical, nerd. I'm that typical, like, <laughs> metal guy like i love horror movies and comic books and video games and all that shit yeah i remember when we were in vegas uh i was like sitting outside with uh joey and uh joni and yeah i thought that i had like you know uh like good like film knowledge and stuff but uh i was like way out of my depth with you guys talking about like you know b horror movies and you know different directors and stuff and yeah, your guys' horror knowledge is uh, insane. He makes me feel like that, though. So, <laughs> well, b- before we wrap it up, fellas, like I said, I really enjoy it. For everybody listening, please go check out the Psycho Image Tour doc. It's great. 
Um, another qu- couple of things I wanted to ask you guys, um, the artwork for the shows was really sick too. Uh, who, who was putting together those posters? I, I put, uh, I, I put together a lot of the flyers for the shows that we played. Those were great, man. Like genuinely, I thought those were sick. Thank you. Uh, I, I wish I knew, I wish I knew the artist names of who actually made the art. I'm just really good at placing it place a uh, placement with graphic design and whatnot but uh the flyer that i loved the most because of the art style that also thank you joey for the idea was uh the shihalis date judge dread yeah dread and predator yeah that was my favorite flyer like i i wish i had a, a full poster of that printed out yeah and, uh, i would kinda, i would kind of send him like, dude, this would be a cool flyer. And then he would make that flyer. And yeah. Hey, not for yeah. all of them, but for a few of them. Yeah, for a few of them. Like, not even, not, not just on tour, but even, even beforehand too. Like, it even just shows that we would play locally and stuff. Uh, yeah. Wh- whether we're playing the same show or, or not. But uh, I also, I also put together the Sacramento flyer. And I am blanking at the moment. <laughs> well there was like the it, i think that was the mad god one wasn't it well oh the mad god one was uh anderson that was the mental oh, okay. yeah that was cool and that also made the flyer for what was supposed to be our last show that was just the uh, the punisher that's such a yeah, sick yeah. flyer it was gonna be a sick show with a sick flyer but you know things happened <laughs> i also brought uh, a shirt that has the punisher on it specifically for that that show oh you did <laughs> yeah i did i just i never wore it because i was saving it for uh for that date oh, oh damn I, I wore it when i got home <laughs> <laughs> well it was my last piece of clean clothing yeah. well, even, even right now i pulled up on my phone uh the listeners can't see it and you guys obviously can't see it unless you're some some type of wizards or shapeshifter like art the clown um <laughs> type, well he's not shape you know some type of demon from another world you know what I mean, but, uh, yeah. but you guys came out with disintegration. Uh, the song that you guys did together with, it was like August, right? Um, it was like psycho man is split image. And, and the artwork for that is really, really sick too. I don't know who put that together, but uh, I'm looking at it right now. Cause I was listening to that before doing this. And I was like, God, that is so cool looking. Like the, the guy like ripping his chest open and there's like another thing popping out. Yeah. 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 Oh, really- yeah. Christian hired the artist for that one. Yeah, it was uh, an um, it was an artist on Fiverr. I'm actually trying to I gotta look him up real quick because I, I I am so sorry. I totally forgot. No, it's I forgot cool. his name. The song turned out great, by the way. Though while you're looking that up, I really I really enjoyed that. I mean, it, listening to both of your guys' music independently, man, from from Psycho Manus and Split Image, I enjoyed. Cause like I said, I I'm a heavy music headbanger for life, man. Even though I listen to a lot of different stuff, like I, that's just the roots that I go back to. That's the music that speaks to me the most. Um, when did you guys record that? Fucking not, not even like a month before the tour, probably like, like the month we were supposed to go out on tour. We met up like they had already had a song ready. So psycho had to pick one of our songs that we had written and then, like, go to Chris's house and jam it, like, once or twice. And then we recorded it all, like, that day. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> like, we did the drums and then the guitars and then the bass and 
And then we did vocals another day. I remember that. So it took us like two days. And then it was like at the beginning of August. And then we had it out like a week before the tour or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We, August yeah. 19th, it came out. August was 19th. It? Damn. Okay. Huh. <laughs> so yeah, like <laughs> was, a week was... before the tour, right? Yeah. 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 We, we worked. We worked fast and our asses off because I think it was literally just that week. We were like, all right, let's what we should do something to promote ourselves on tour. All right, let's do it. And then we had a, a week left or two weeks left. So the week of the 14th of August through the 20th, I think that was when we actually worked on it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just it was just easy because like they already had both of us already had a song locked down and like ready to go because both of us were in the process of like about to hit a like studio and record this stuff anyway so we basically just took one of the songs that we were going to release anyway put it out with that and then save the rest for later so yeah yeah i'm so glad that but then i put guest vocals on their song and he put guest vocals on our song yeah a little little cameo i think it's like a line or two but if you listen yeah. closely, you can hear you can hear a growl. <laughs> Actually, I, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that you guys uh, featured on each other's uh, songs on the split. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I originally wanted to do like a. We originally wanted to do well, like two originals each, and then a cover. And we were gonna like certain members from each band were both gonna be on the cover. Oh, that's um, sick. Like a super but then we all just kind of lagged <laughs> yeah plus were we we were gonna cover uh uh oh, Psych- yeah. psycho vision by suicidal tendencies and my joke was hey guys just change it from psycho vision to psycho image and then joey's just like what the fuck <laughs> and i just remember i remember like we like psycho we like learned the whole song and we just fucking hated playing it we just like we're, this is lame <laughs> and then i remember like i was learning the lyrics and i like the first line in the song is like you tell me what i want to hear i hear it all with my ears and i'm like that's the stupidest fucking lyric i've ever heard <laughs> you're what just the, like what else are you gonna visually you hear with like I, <laughs> and then after that i was just like i don't really i lost some respect for the song <laughs> <laughs> It's fun. It's fun to hear, but not play. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to play. It's fun to hear in the background when you're playing the school level on Tony Hawk Pro Skater. But oh yeah, you... oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he listened. Definitely check out Disintegration Man with, with Psycho Manis and Split Image. And just to put a final button on this thing, you guys, uh, uh, thank you so much for joining. the The last thing I'll ask you. This has been great for everybody listening. Definitely go check out the Psycho Image Tour documentary. You can watch it on YouTube. The links will be in the podcast description for everything, for the documentary, for Realverse Productions and everything Dylan is doing, um, for, for Psycho Manus and for Split Image and their music, respectively. But um, just final thoughts, you guys, on, on the tour and the experience. Obviously, the theme of this show is perseverance and moving forward, and I feel like you know, this, I, I was so happy when Dylan reached out to me about doing a podcast about this because I really feel like doing a DIY tour. Um, not only did it, did Dylan do that, and I'm not just saying did Butter's Bread because he's on the podcast, but not only do I think he did a great job of capturing you know, that experience, um, 
for, for what you guys did as far as the DIY tour. But, um, but I feel like it was, it was awesome to see you guys connect with other people who enjoy heavy music and, you know, get those experiences on the road. So my direct question is just like, you know, how would you sum up that experience? And, and in terms of the theme of the show being perseverance and moving forward, I mean, I feel like that definitely fits into, you know, that experience for you guys. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> you want to go first, Christian? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I'm working, on, I'm working on putting together simpler questions, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> just to ask it in a simpler way, man, like, COVID, everything that you mentioned, Chris, from the, at the top, you know, this is something you guys have been wanting to do for a while and you finally get a chance to do it. You make it happen. Unfortunately, the last show of the tour got canceled. Right. But all in all, it, it still looked like it was a, a positive experience. No, it was positive. Uh, we put a lot of hard work into it. Every single person knows involved, uh, whether it came to planning the tour, looking, looking through the logistics and even going on the road, playing the shows, going from town to town, trying to sleep just driving i it i i want i want to do it again like if i was if i'm able to go on tour tomorrow i would fucking drop everything and do it again and hopefully yeah. with the same people that were on this tour <laughs> and, uh but but yeah you know in terms of uh of course this is about music bands and whatnot i think one of the best things about tour what made that even more positive experiences as something as simple as just music just something as simple as liking punk or metal or anything like that it's just an automatic common ground with a lot of individuals that you don't even that you've never even met that live thousands of miles away from you and you automatically become family just because you guys like the same band or the same genre or it, there's just there's there's always some sort of bond that you're gonna have with any individual, and uh, I think that's what really made tour for me was just making making new bonds, new connections, whether it be through friendship or even opportunities to play more shows and go on more tours and visiting these venues and hopefully seeing hope hopefully seeing the supporters again. But biggest thing is actually traveling playing and doing what you love with your family love you guys man it was sick love you too man <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> uh, for me personally like it like everything that christian just said but i also like i just wanted to make sure that like i i, I think that dylan accomplished what i wanted to show like what i personally wanted to come across with the documentary is that it's like whether you're a local band or not, like you got to just push yourself and go out and do the thing. You got to go out and do the damn thing. And like, you got to take that risk and fucking just go and do what you want to do. And, uh, you gotta be what your passion is. You got to take it out and fucking do it. And whether you succeed or fail or whatever, it's like, at least you did it. You know what I mean? Like we went out and did it. And luckily for us, it was a success. And, I want that to be an example to all the other local bands that we know or that watch this documentary that we don't know. That's like, go out and do it. It's possible. It's possible to go out and live your dream or whatever. It's like, now I have something to tell people for the rest of my life. Like I went out and did that shit. You know what I mean? Like, and I did, I, uh, I cherish that. You know what I mean? 
I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was I, really I feel- cheesy, but it's true. It's like, and it's like I gained a lot of uh, respect for the people that we went on tour with. Um, I feel like we it brought us all a lot closer, especially with Dylan. Like I've only known Dylan a few months, but it's like I'd known the guy forever now. Yeah, yeah. it's you're, like we're just at my, fucking uh, birthday party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, it's like we made friends for life now. Yeah, like, yeah. No matter what happens, it's like we're always gonna have that shared experience to tell, to like, talk about or tell other people about or go out and do again. Because now that yeah. we know those people and we already did that, we could go to those places again and new places. And it's just opening doors and friendships, and that's what really matters at the end of the day is the the connection between people. It's like music is like a it's that's like music is a it's like a bridge it's like a bridge between strangers mm-hmm. it is dude to, to add on top of that you know after coming back coming back from tour you know seeing all seeing all the local supporters and the bands now i'm that dude that goes to everyone that especially that plays in the band just just say hey hey dude you guys gonna go on tour or if they're mm-hmm. over there Hey yo, dude! Hey tour, dude! You gonna you gonna go on tour? Dude? <laughs> like, please, please, God, can like, go on tour. Like, I hate living at home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I just it's as soon as we got off tour, it was just like a hardcore depression. It was like yeah. fuck. I want to go back out and do that again. Yeah. It was like it's like a it's like chasing the dragon a little bit. It's like fuck, dude. And when can we tour again? I need to save up enough money so I can go do this again. Yeah, mm-hmm. post-tour depression is a real thing, man. <laughs> yeah, that, man. that hit me, like, immediately. Like, the next day. Because I remember, um, like, definitely, like, the last day of the tour, I was like, oh, I can't wait to go home. Um, yeah. And uh, got home, and I told my girlfriend, uh, like, I'm not going to do anything. Like, you know, my first day back and stuff, I'm not going to edit. I'm not going to work on anything for real verse. Um but then I was like, well, what do I, what do I do with myself? Like, and then I just, I started editing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to, to sort of add on to what they were saying about the whole tour experience. Um, yeah. For, for, for me, it was every day was awesome. Like um, no matter like how like uh, tired I was or like um, stressed out, I was about the, you know, the storage thing on my external hard drive um just uh kind of just reminding myself every day like i'm in a city that i wouldn't have been in if i didn't you know if i wasn't a part of this tour like i i didn't know that anderson or red bluff california even existed uh before the uh the tour so um and then like i've always i've always dreamed of like going to seattle um you know being a fan of like grunge bands and stuff um and I never once considered that I would be going to Seattle, sitting on the floor of a death metal band's van, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I, th- I think that's that's super sick. I mean, it sucked that I had to squat for like what was it like two hours straight or three hours straight or something. It was a, it was like a two hour drive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but um, uh, yeah, just every day, just sort of reminding myself, like, this is an awesome opportunity. And then on top of that, like, you know, getting closer with, uh, you know, with Joey and then um, getting closer with like Armand and just just everyone like um, becoming a, just getting a whole like new set of friends, uh, you know, spending every day with these people. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a 
a really, really like rewarding experience. And then also to um, kind of like what Joey was talking about before of like now for the rest of his life, like he can, you know, tell people about the the tour and the documentary and stuff. Like for me, it was really important to, um, you know, because a lot of a lot of small time local bands go on these DIY tours and they're just they drive all these miles, you know, set up, play for 20, 30 minutes, break it down and then do it all over again. And then before you know it, the whole tour is over and maybe there's some photos and there's, you know, maybe a video that was shot in a cell phone here and there. Um, but uh, very rarely on like a local DIY band level, is there like a full on like documentary uh, with like interviews and, you know, uh, music bits and all, all that stuff. Um, so for, for me to be involved and to, I guess, provide something like that for our local scene and to also like create a time capsule for all the people in Psychomantis and all the people in Split Image and all the other bands that feature in the documentary, um, for them to look back on from years to come uh, was really special. And then also like what Joey was saying that like um, for other local bands that we either know or don't know that watch the documentary, I, I hope that it inspires them to realize like, oh, it, it is possible. Like we, we can go out there and, and do this thing. Um, and uh yeah Hell i just yeah. wanted to contribute to to our scene and then make something special for all the people involved uh to look back on absolutely <laughs> i think that's i think that's a great place to end it you guys dylan chris joey i just want to say thanks again so much for for taking almost an hour and a half of your time i told you i was gonna end it at 9 30 my time and i'm looking at hey. you but <laughs> hey this, oh, hey, this is it was fun conversing and talking with, yeah. you, with you too thank you so yeah. much man yeah, You're yeah thank you for having us man you're welcome. And, and real quick, I'll, I'll put the links in the podcast description. But uh, if people aren't familiar with with what you're working on, let them know where you can find. Let them know where they can uh, where they can find you. Uh, so for Psycho Mantis, uh, we're at Psycho underscore Mantis underscore Metal on Instagram. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on every streaming service. Um, our YouTube. Um, for whatever reason some little girl has a channel with like 10,000 followers and she chose the name Psychomantis. So <laughs> what? Never yeah. So if you look up Psychomantis, <laughs> look up the song Eternal Witness uh, that we have a music video for and then that should lead you to our page. Um but other than that, yeah, the, the, we got an announcement big pretty pretty big announcement coming soon. It's going to be a big next year for us. Um so just stay tuned as far as we're concerned. <laughs> all right well as for split image you can find us uh, at split image ca through instagram facebook twitter any social media platform and uh, it comes to streaming services we're on spotify apple music I forgot what other streaming services there are as well and Bandcamp. Uh, band oh yes Bandcamp. Bandcamp for split image and psycho man is too yeah and, so, yeah, when it comes to new music coming out or anything like that, all I got to say is that there's going to be a new era with Split Image coming soon. So we also have big plans as well for the next year. And all I got to say is just please follow us on Instagram and keep an eye out for news to come. Uh, Absolutely. 
Realverse, uh, or you, you can find me on uh, Instagram as well at Realverse Productions. Um, that's the only thing I'm really on. Um, but uh, or you can uh, go to my website, uh, RealverseProductions.com, and uh, yeah, that's where you can find all the stuff I'm working on, like the magazine. And uh, next year, I'm going to start uh, going back into doing narrative filmmaking and doing short films. Uh, I feel like 2022 is a very like music influenced uh, year for uh, Realverse, um, and the the tour doc is kind of like an end cap to a lot of the the music driven stuff that I that I've been doing this uh, for this year. Sweet, hell yeah, <laughs> dude! Thanks, man. I really appreciate yeah. the time. Yeah, thank you so right. much, Mike. Yeah, thank, thank you, man. You. Have a good one. <laughs>
the, the March 4th realm and take the time to share their story on this podcast. So once again, follow Split Image on Instagram at Split Image CA. Follow Psycho Mantis on Instagram at Psycho underscore Mantis underscore Metal. And follow Realverse Productions on Instagram at Realverse Productions. The link to the Psycho Image 2022 tour documentary on YouTube will also be in the podcast description. So hit that link or copy and paste it into your browser and watch it. It's a great watch. And I'm not just saying that because these guys took the time to come on the show. It really is a great time capsule for independent music and the DIY spirit, man, and for heavy metal and for hardcore. And that's a wrap, everybody. I just want to say thank you again to each and every one of you who takes the time to tune in, listen to the podcast, like and subscribe and share and tell a friend to tell a friend for, for every action that's taken, um, whether it's on social media, when I put up the clip from the podcast with each new episode like I do and you guys like or comment, that helps. When you share it, it helps. And again, when, when you take the time to subscribe or leave a rating and a review, that helps on Spotify and Apple. You can go there. It's a five-star review system that they have. You can leave a review on Apple. You can also leave a comment. And on the website, march4th.podbean.com, you can leave comments. All that stuff really helps the podcast rank higher. So if you did enjoy the show and this was your first time listening, please take the time to either like and subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a rating and a review for the show. You can find it where most podcasts are found. Obviously, you're here, so you found it somehow, but the major platforms like Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Amazon, Audible, Stitcher, I'm on all of them, man. So if you go to the bottom of the podcast description, hit my link tree, all my stuff is in there as well. But thank you, and again, Happy New Year to everybody, man. I really hope that 2023 is a big year for all of you guys. I know I'm excited to get things rocking and rolling and uh, I'm just uh, really grateful again for, for Chris and Joey and Dylan for coming by to, uh, to share their story on this show, man, with the Psycho Image Tour doc. It was a great way to kick off the new year. So I just want to say to everybody, keep the faith and be kind to one another. The last song of the podcast to close things out, courtesy of the dudes in Split Image and Psycho Mantis off of their Split EP. Here is the song, Disintegration.
Thank mm-hmm. you.